Hello and welcome to our Sailorville podcast and it's actually an audio one and really I have in studio with me uh, Curtis Johnson who invited me in to speak to the Young Adult Podcast. Now we're turning the tables. That's right. It's gone full circle. Full circle. So glad to have you uh, in this uh, with us today. I'm happy to be here. And uh, so the reason why we're not do we're only doing audio, we're not doing the visual uh, any right now is because uh, we are being displaced a little bit. Why don't you, what's going on around here, Curtis? Yes, I will speak to it firsthand. My office has been taken away from me. Oh my goodness. <laughs> um, the Everyone who is housed in the basement has last week started moving over to the White House, which is across the street, where we will office for the next year. Why? As What's happening here? We are being transformed from the inside Boom, out. Boom, shakalaka. <laughs> there you go. You even used the theme. Yeah. Uh, the building project is going to begin in September. So well, probably ready. even before. I mean, the demo is going to start happening here even before then. But That's yeah, right. there's a lot of demolition of the old part of our facility here. It's going to be completely remodeled, completely revamped. It's going to be mm. beautiful yeah. as God brings the monies in. In the meantime, uh, thank the Lord, we own a couple of properties nearby, and one of them we're using for office space. Yeah, I love it. It's actually, it's it's very homey. Imagine that. It's a White House. It's a huh? home. But uh, it... I, I can't wait. I'm going over there. You know, I'm going to join you in about three weeks. <laughs> it's about to get a lot louder. <laughs> uh, it's going to be a blast, though. I'm I'm excited. So we are talking uh, a little bit just to try to find a segue here. I mean, you're being displaced. I'm being displaced. We're all being moved around. And yet we still have to do our jobs. Exactly. Yes. And, uh, you know, we are called to worship. And I just preached a message in this series. It's more like Jesus series we're doing throughout the summer. Uh, did a couple messages on the gospel itself. And then just one message on worship. I, I, I sincerely regret that we only did one. But mm -hmm. so uh, we're just having a little follow-up. I thought I'd invite you into this discussion on worship uh, because you are a true worshiper. I love to watch you worship in song. You're mm. you're like a favorite of mine. Uh, don't tell Paul I said that. He's on sabbatical. He's not listening to what this What happens anyway. while he's gone doesn't uh, matter. <laughs> so uh, you're very demonstrative in your worship. Mm. And I know that, I, I, you know, we talk about worship being all of our lives, mm -hmm. but many of us do equate it with singing. So let's yeah. not run away from that. I mean, that's sure. genuinely a time of worship. You're a very demonstrative person. Y'all see you with one hand on the keyboard, the other one you're <laughs> lifting up and, and uh, you're, you're, what, is that just the way you're wired? Uh, uh, you haven't always been like that, have no, you? No, I'm glad you said that. I actually have not always been that way. I grew up in a more um, conservative background where that would have not been quite as normal. Mm -hmm. uh, it's definitely come with my growth uh, in the Lord and my growth in his word and just, and honestly, the Psalms, um, the, the sincerity and the truth of the Psalms that has rocked my world mm. where if there's one word that describes some of the Psalms, it's just raw. Yeah. And there are times where I do feel like throwing those hands up. There's, there's times where even leading on stage that I have struggled to get words out. Right. Uh, through tears of, of what's going on in our world or what's going on in my world. Um, and so I've just, I've learned to be honest. That was actually one of, uh, or being humble was one of your points yeah. um, on Sunday. And, with humility comes honesty yeah. and, and it's not always pretty. Uh, but 
uh, yeah, I've grown into that. And I, and I do love, worship is more than music. Um, worship is more than singing, but I do really love, I will always have a special place for music specifically and, and worship in my heart, musical worship. Well, I love it. And of course, when you're up there, you're leading us in that song. And, and we've often, we've often said that, uh, uh, whether one is demonstrative, raising their hands, or that's not the issue. It's a heart thing at the very, very beginning. And Jesus told us that. He said that God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship him in spirit. That's the right, humble heart attitude. Mm. And in truth, that's the objectivity of our worship. It has to be in accordance with the truth of God. Uh, and so the, the, together, when our spirits are right and we're going in accordance with the truth of God, that, I think, is powerful worship. It's real worship. I think it's pleasing to God. Mm. And I think the psalmist, you, you referred to the psalmist, and I think David put it best when he said in Psalm 145, verse 18, the Lord is near mm. to all who call upon him, to those who call upon him in truth. So we aren't abandoning truth just because we're worshiping with great fervency, right? Right. I just read Psalm 145 this morning. Oh, really? It's one of my favorite psalms. Well, you also, just to go along with the psalms, because there is a ton of worship in the psalms, but you said it yourself. It's They're very raw. Yeah. And I uh, I wrote in a book recently that, uh, that uh, David said in one of the psalms, Psalm 37, he says, I have been young and now am old mm. and have not seen, you know, uh, his God's children forsaken or begging for bread. Mm. And I, I contend in this, uh, you know, in this chapter of this book that I wrote that David, David wrote that when he was older, the, the, the David that ran from Saul for 10 years and, you know, was, you know, hiding in caves and, and, uh, you know, trying to, keep 600 other men fed and all this. That was not the David that was writing Psalm 37. Mm. That was the David who could look back on all of those things, killing Goliath and all that. He'd had a ton of experiences and a number of failures to look back on. That made him a, a, a deeper worshiper, really. Mm. And uh, so... Uh, so worship. I mean, we, we, uh, we've talked about worship. We, we, you know, in our own core value we say that uh, worship is is god alone rules my world so i will point to him in everything i do and that mm. takes us beyond music doesn't it yeah yeah it's like our life is in arrow um you used to quote from more like jesus towards the beginning of your sermon as well like life is full of moments mm -hmm. um some moments are really mountaintop experiences some are very low valleys but uh, when we commit to worship, we commit to point each of those moments, no matter where we find our hearts in that. We may could we could be so happy, we could be so devastated, but turning that moment and pointing it back like an arrow to Jesus, to the Lord, and 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 ultimately surrendering that to Him. Mm -hmm. um, when we talk about worship, would you agree that most people think I can only really worship when I'm in a great place? Yeah. I I think that's a common misconception. I think if if the believer though has been tested at all through anything difficult, um you think of my mind is going to Job, you know, like severe testing mm -hmm. trials. Uh you you'll find that that is <laughs> it's it's uh, it's untrue a lot of times because I find it easier to worship when it's hard. Mm. If you've walked through a valley 
there's nothing else to hold on to other than the sovereignty of God that um, also in Psalm 145, right? Uh, God is near to those who are bent down by mm-hmm, their load. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes that's, that's when the worship is strongest in my life because I'm claiming it also says that God will, will come through on his promises in Psalm 145. He is a God that does that. So a lot of times in my heart when I don't, I don't always <laughs> believe sometimes what the word says, or I'm, I'm doubting, mm. I'm doubting what the words I'm, we're going to keep using the music theme here. Sometimes when I say a, a phrase, I, I ask myself, do I really believe that? And there are seasons where I would say, I'm struggling to believe that, but, but what I will do anyways is sing it over and worship because I know uh, that God is faithful. He does not change. He has come through on his promises and will continue to, and, and is near to the person who is bent down Mm. low, crushed by their, crushed by their circumstances. I love that, uh, that admittance on your part. I think it's true. If any of us were to be very real we would acknowledge what you just said to be true. Mm. Uh, you know, when we cast our cares upon him because he cares for us, okay. we, we sense his nearness. First Peter. And James says, uh, he makes a really strong statement. This is in the middle of rebuking people for being adulterers and adulteresses because they've, you know, they've let the world, you know, kind of swallow them up. Mm. And then he says, uh, the spirit yearns jealously to to uh, to dwell in us, and God gives more grace. Therefore, God opposes the proud, gives grace to the humble. Submit yourselves to God. Resist the devil, and he that is the devil will flee from you. You don't want the devil to be near in worship; just the opposite. Mm. And uh, mm. but then he says, "Draw near to God, and God will draw near to you." Mm. And he doesn't stop there. He says, cleanse your hearts, you sinners, purify your hearts, your hands, you sinners, purify your hearts, you double-minded, uh, be wretched and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning, your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will exalt you. Mm-hmm. So I think it, whether we are repenting, mm-hmm. whether we are acknowledging we're in a hard place due to circumstances, not of our own doing, mm-hmm. Mm. These are times where we really can draw near to God uh, if our hearts are are broken. And you just said a little previous before the podcast began, you were that whole business of being humble in spirit was a big deal to you mm. in the sermon. I mean, yeah, I am a person who is naturally prideful. I'm a person who naturally wants to take the credit. Um, you know, the writer. Jeremiah says the heart is deceitfully wicked and who can know it. Mm. And so I am often frequently surprised at how sinful my heart can be at times and how much of a glory hog I can be. Mm. And God, God is anti that completely. (laughs) And so to, to the beautiful thing is that God is pleased with our worship. If, if, our hearts are humble, but if right. not, it, it's not acceptable. And that challenges me like that, that like that's, I don't want to waste my worship because yeah. of my own pride. Yeah, that's good. And, um, but I do have a question for you. If okay. I, if I could ask a question, um, towards the end of your message, you had three points. If, if you challenged you want, if we want to worship God, there's three things, remove the distractions, 
remember the dog, receive the gift of God, those being the three. Um, I have a question on the first one. You had these uh, pictures that showed up uh, outside the cathedrals in Europe. It was a great illustration. Uh, it's gargoyles, right? Is that what yeah, they're called? Yeah. Uh, that are just these ugly things. Yeah. And uh, my mind my mind started turning at that point. And there are many times where there's maybe unrepentant sin in my life uh, or sin that I didn't even know happened or my spirit is just heavy. And so when, when we think of worship, does God not want those things? Mm if we leave them on the outside yeah. that that's, and I'm just asking the question humbly for, for my own heart, because oftentimes I stand in these or sit in these chairs and stand in worship. And it's through that, that I'm even some, some sin is revealed yeah, where it's like, right. Oh my word, I didn't, I didn't even see it. So yep. could yep. you expand on that a little yep. bit more? Well, I even just, I just kind of back up what you just said. Sometimes while you're worshiping, that's, or you're hearing the word preach, that's when, the Spirit of God reveals some sin to you that you confess then. I mean, of course, that by definition means you didn't perceive it coming exactly. in. Mm. And I would actually use the Lord's table as an illustration. So we know there, we, we all get very sober mm. about the Lord's table, or at least we should, mm -hmm. because we are told in 1 Corinthians 11 that if we eat or drink in a manner unworthy, that is unconfessed, we haven't confessed sin, we got issues, we have ought with somebody, uh, that. We make our we make the Lord's table null and void. It's it's a false act of worship, in other words. Mm -hmm. So before we take communion, we meditate upon these things. We confess sin, and a lot of us, if you're like me, try to take care of that before I come through the doors of these church, knowing that we're going to be receiving <laughs> the Lord's table that day, right? Yeah. And uh, so, but why would it be any different otherwise? I think that's the idea. And I, I realize we don't have gargoyles surrounding our church building here. I'm glad. But I think it is, it was very interesting, wasn't that? Very yes. interesting to me that some of these medieval churches were designed that way. As so, so as to say to the, to the prospective worshiper, hey, leave the carnal appetites, mm. uh, leave, uh, these, these things that are dis that are distracting you, leave them out here so you can give God your full attention. I know it's not, we're humans and that it, it would never be possible to do that completely. And some of the, uh, burdens that we carry, well, we literally do that. We carry them. We, we, we're unable to cast them completely aside, mm. uh, but I think it's just the same. It'd be, wouldn't it be a great practice just before you walked into the building? Because you got a visual, you know. Yeah. It'd be a great practice as you walk in the building. Lord, I can't. I know that I I have to deal with that mm -hmm. situation, whatever it may be. But right now, I just want to hear from you. Yeah. Would you just help me to not think on that and et cetera? So in that sense, I think the idea is to remove the distractions. It's it's all in contrast to God's holiness. Mm. If, if our worship is, especially our musical worship, if it's, if it's good, if, if we're singing true things um, about God, which is our desire here yeah. at Sailorville Church, worship that is rooted and grounded in the Word of God, then it, we want to gaze on that. Yeah. We, yeah. we want to, fo like, and in, in, in focusing my eyes on that, all of that other stuff will be revealed. But it, it, it's a challenge to me. I, I would say that even that one point has challenged me um, throughout this week already where it's like, how can I come ready to worship? And, 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 and like that practice of like, when I, when I walk through that door frame and my, okay, God, um, you have my heart 
And it yeah. is almost like that communion moment where you're saying, even re- reveal what I don't even know. Yeah. Amen. You know, the uh, second point that got probably in our community group, which met later on, I mean, uh-huh. that second point, remember the dog, which yes. is not, uh, <laughs> you would, you lift that out of context and nobody would know what you're talking about, of course, yeah. you know, but uh the illustration was profound to lots of people. And of course I used your wife as an illustration of the illustration. Yes. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> I, I was sort of piling on the metaphors here, you know, but, uh, but to remind uh, our listening audience here, the, you know, the, you know, if you've ever owned a dog yeah. uh, and it's a f- decently trained, you, if you, if, if, you you sell that dog to sit and stay, and you got a piece of meat in front of him. He he's not going anywhere. I mean, the whole world, the house could be coming down on fire. He's gonna <laughs> he's waiting until you give him permission to have that. And uh, that was you know remember remember the dog just meant fix your heart's attention on mm. on the Lord. Mm. So you're removing distractions. Remember the dog, you're doing that. And of course, I use the illustration of your wife who and I just <laughs> moments ago was in the office and we were talking about that with one of the other office gals saying yeah. she distinctly remembered what I was talking about last <laughs> week because she was in that office during all that commotion, which I might have had a little something to do with it. <laughs> and, uh, and I said something that I was certain Lisa would want to comment on. And she was right there. Her door is wide open. She was right there. I could see her. Yeah. And uh, and I said, right, Lisa. And she was so fixated on the project that she was on. She heard nothing else. <laughs> and I thought to myself, God, make me that kind of worshiper in the mm-hmm. moment where mm-hmm. I don't hear Amen. all of the ambient noise all around me. There's a lot of noise in our world. She's like that at home, too. Mm. Um she she is a person who's very driven that's a word that i would use to describe my wife and the funny part is she's she is so not a dog person so to <laughs> to use her in that illustration just makes me laugh but um i admire her heart in a lot of ways beyond just yeah. that but to to and to be a worshiper like her even to just continue to think about lisa specifically there is a there's not a more sincere person in in real life who worships the Lord that I admire more than her. And uh, and I I get I get a front row seat to that myself from time to time. Not like her husband, <laughs> but more like a dad. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it's a great joy to behold that as well. You know, I'm going to just say this: the last question. Uh, this is the last question on worship I want to put to you, Curtis, mm-hmm. because. Uh, you know, we've talked a bit about millennials and how they carry so many burdens. They care very, very deeply about everything in this world. And I can imagine the distractions are like, mm. like to them, like they are to no one else. What word would you say, giving all that we're talking about when, as it pertains to worship to a millennial that's a true born again Christian when mm. it comes to worship? Oof. Well, I think it would be important to, to, to also bring up the, the talk of the day, which is the Roe v. Wade thing. Mm-hmm. And even last night I was with a group of young adults and believers who are not quite sure what to feel um, with, with what has happened in our world. And uh, your illustration of the gentleman, the new believer mm-hmm. um, on Sunday, who is in your community group and uh, simply was shown truth and was, was able to say at the end of that, well, I've never... I've never seen it like that before. 
that has really impacted me. And I think if our focus is grounded and our, and our eyes are set on, on Jesus and the gospel and loving people well, then the rest is peripheral. Mm. And, uh, the truth of God will invade those situations. Um, you know, it will cause us to love people well. It will equip us to love people well uh, and maybe keep our mouths shut mm-hmm. when we need to and also speak truth in the moment. Um, so maybe you would say that a millennial, while deep having deep feelings of compassion and, and desire to help in all kinds of matters, they have to have that. They, they have to remain tethered to the truth, which was what, which is yeah. what makes us real worshipers when our feelings are connected to the truth. They're willing to sell out to, to a cause mm-hmm. that's been very clear and make that cause Christ and, and everything else will fall into place there. And it, that doesn't always make it easy. That sounds very pretty and cliche, mm-hmm. even saying that out loud. Uh, but, uh, if our worship is true and if our worship is to the, the one true King, King Jesus, um, we can trust him with, with where our day, with where our days are. And, and there, and don't, don't get all jumbled up about the peripheral stuff. And I say that with grace because even my own heart is I'm rejoicing and I'm, and I'm, and I'm torn um, for these young adults who are in these conversations. But at the end of the day, God is in control and he's mm-hmm. sovereign and he knows. And and I thought you handled, just to not to go off track, but I thought I was very encouraged by how you uh, handled that on Sunday mm-hmm. and your Thank thoughts you. and you said it well and you uh, we rejoice for the life that, that has been saved and will be saved. Yeah. the lives that will be saved because of this. Yeah. Did you good. get feedback on that? A lot of great feedback. I was very encouraged because I didn't say much, as you know. Right. Um, my main personal motivation as the pastor was to encourage Christians to, while you're rejoicing, uh, don't spike the football. Don't, yeah. don't, don't. That's uh, so and good. we see that happening. It's just uh, be humble. Uh, I, I would say this. I mean, I, I listened to uh, something here the other day. I, uh, uh one of these uh, cultural gurus on uh, mm. on a, one of the cable stations here the other day, not a Christian, but he mm. referred to Christians, and he was a uh, he's probably politically conservative as far as I could tell. Mm. He was uh, he was favorable with the overturning of Roe versus Wade, but he said this. He said, you know, he said as far as the Christian block is concerned, he spoke like he wasn't a part of it. Mm-hmm. He says, I think the issue has passed them by. He said, uh, mm. he says, uh, because, uh, this wasn't dealt with long ago. Now over half the abortions that take place are just through a pill. And, uh, so this issue isn't going to go away. Babies are still going to die. Yeah. And, uh, uh, you know, so, so there's so much more that's going on. Even so having it turned back to the States is, is what we, you know, as far as we can tell a good thing. Mm. Um, but it, I'm just going to close our time with motivation. You said it yourself. Yes, you know, yes. you talked about your own desire to for praise and and why you do things. That, that's we always have to ask ourselves that 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 why mm-hmm. why that motivating thing. 
And you also talked about something that was, cli- you said, this sounds cliche and everything. When, as soon as you said that, an old cliche came to my mind. And I'm <laughs> going to finish our time with it because it's beautiful. It says, it's not a chapter and verse from the Bible, but it's true. It was true when it was first said, probably a generation or so ago. And it's true to this day. Only, and I'd say this to the millennials and to my, to my generation as well. Only one life will soon be passed. Mm-hmm. Only what's done, and here's the motivation, for Christ mm-hmm. will last. Mm-hmm. God bless you. Yeah, that's good.